The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate when you tune in and when you share the show with others. That's how we spread the word about the goodness that is the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. Welcome to all of you. Right off the top, I do want to thank our sponsors, the U.S. Postal Service. USPS.com slash careers is where you go to learn information about careers at the Postal Service. And guess what, kids? They're hiring for the holiday season right through January 3rd. Still time. Apply at USPS.com slash careers. You can also email them, greaterbostonhiring at USPS.gov with any questions. Come join U.S. Postal Service and make some extra scratch for the holiday season so you can get your your honey or your loved one or your son or your dog something nice right Collinsick? Absolutely. yeah well I, I asked my guest a question then i had his microphone off so sorry off to a horrible start but colin zick is here yes absolutely i'm you gonna work for the here. postal service okay. now <laughs> it doesn't sound so bad does it <laughs> uh, you know the hours are good uh there is yeah. that you know neither rain nor snow stuff but um yeah yeah, yeah I'll, I'll look I into think, it i think that's more of a guideline than a rule i don't oh, know okay um but so Colin is, I've known Colin for a long time. He's an attorney at the law firm of Foley Hoag. I'll give you, I'll give you a plug right off the top, foleyhoag.com. Foley spelled F-O-L-E-Y, and then it's H-O-A-G. Although, that's funny, because didn't Digit one time switch to Foley and then back to Foley Hoag? And do you not want to get into that even? <laughs> well, I can tell you as a, yeah. as a factual matter, there was a lawsuit with another law firm whose name included Foley. Yes. That's a matter of public record. It's that Foley is a and matter Lardner. of Foley public. and Lardner. Yes, it I'll is. say it, not you. Yes. Um, and right. And so I don't know if you know this, but I, when I used to write for Lawyers Weekly, there were awards given, kind of intra-company awards among all the, the trade newspapers of which, of which family we were part of. And so they would give out. And I won one year for a column I wrote. And it's, the title was, Holy Moly, Which Firm is Foley? And I, I actually remember that comment. It was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was extremely tongue in cheek. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully in a a pleasant, you know, good natured way. But it was a thing. Like it was. A, it was obviously you just said it was a lawsuit because you know people were. The question was whether one was appropriating the other one's reputation. And such it sounded like there was a lot of confusion with mail going to the wrong office and things like that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's you know as uh, law firm names has changed. It used to be you had like six names. In the law that's right. Name. Yeah, you're down to one or two now, and yeah. that's that's part of what's contributed to the problem. Right, is that they narrowed out, and if you fully is a reasonably common name, and true, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So what can you do? Yeah, long gone are the days where the Marx Brothers could make the joke about Hunnedinger, 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 and Hunnedinger. I can't even say it, but anyway. <laughs> so um, Colin is uh, healthcare uh, uh, chair of the partner at Foley Hill, uh, still co-chair of the healthcare practice. I am in at the firm. Yes. So he's a healthcare lawyer. And um, we're going to talk today about some cool stuff. We're going to talk about uh, virtual reality and how it connects with the medical world. So Colin has clients that he's that he's learned from. And I'm just fascinated by 
virtual reality. And I think, I think people don't realize how big a change this is going to be when they become common and affordable. And so as a general proposition, do you, do you agree with that? Have you played around with VR before? And- I really hadn't had much of a chance to play with it until this experience with uh, a client. And I was really quite taken once I put the goggles on, I didn't really know what to expect. And it was fabulous. The yeah. experience was really immersive. It was authentic mm-hmm. and quite enjoyable. <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah, it's just plain fun because the, the technology has gotten to a point where it is super realistic. Like I've played around with the, so I have an Oculus Go, I think, which is kind of one of the simpler models. But there are movies on there. There are there are uh, concert experiences so and there are sports experiences and so you you know you can sit quote unquote courtside at a basketball game an nba game and it really feels like you're there now it's not i think i think they're just like 90% of the way there where you really feel like you're there but you do and of course you can turn your head and look and look over here or look over there or switch views and all that kind of stuff yeah it, it's remarkable i'm reminded not it, it's a challenging analogy but i remember in the book brave new world mm-hmm. that they had they called the the feelies if oh, okay. i remember correctly and yeah. it was because it was an immersive video experience now that had real negative connotations to it but this doesn't yeah, have big to be brother, right this right. this can be really a positive thing in a lot of different aspects yeah so tell me about your experience with with your client and, and how it connects to healthcare. yeah so uh this particular well, we've got a few different clients now who are doing it. And one I'm thinking of the first time I did, they came in and they demonstrated with me so I could understand the product and we could help go through some of the legal issues and put the goggles on. And the whole idea is that it's supposed to help with different kinds of therapy. Um, One way you can think about it with physical therapy so that you are given a set of exercises to do. The exercises are interactive. You're moving around, you're moving your hands, moving your legs to interact with the virtual environment that's been created. Right. And it's curated exactly for whatever your circumstance is so that you have a precise set of exercises to do. They can be monitored to make sure you do them and do them in the right way. And they're fun to do, so you want to do them, which Mm. is all the, the best possible things. I remember I had a you know, pulled hamstring uh, a couple years ago. And and the exercising part was terrible to do all these exercises. I, it's, <laughs> it's a pain. Yeah. I still do them because I don't want to tear another hamstring, yeah. but they're really boring. Right, right, right. It's just, there's just, but I do them. Mm-hmm. But if they were fun, I would do them more. <laughs> a lot more. I'd often. have better hamstrings. Yeah. And, and uh, hand in hand with that goes exercise. Absolutely. You, you know, right. I mean, I looked into that. The, the model I have, it's not a lot for exercising. I think the, probably because I only have one virtual controller that I could punch in the air, but I do play ping pong and tennis and stuff. And I, and I can tell it's, it's, um, it's brilliant. It's, it makes you feel like you're doing the actual thing. So, so in, in other words, you're like, if we were to create this virtual reality experience for you to do your hamstring exercise, could it be something like you, I don't know, you're sitting down and like kicking an imaginary soccer ball that comes at you or something like that. Sure, You could, you could kick a ball, you could be bending back and forth, up and down in certain different ways. Um, I could even, you, you know, you could warm up, you could do some jogging, people could check your gait right. uh, to make sure that your gait is right. I know that was something I had to deal with when I came off my injury, all those things, and they can be all done remotely. And so that ties in to the move that's coming in telemedicine. Okay. So 
what we're seeing, you know, 20 odd years ago, I wrote the first law review article, maybe the second, but I think it was mm. the first law review article about telemedicine. Okay. And, and I did said, you invent the term? I did not. <laughs> okay, I did not. But I said 20 years yep. ago, I said, this is going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. And it's taken them 20 years to figure out how to pay for it. But now they have. Uh, the government has figured out through Medicare and Medicaid that we should pay for this because we're going to get more care out to people and it's going to be cheaper. And this is, you know, this goes back to the virtual reality is that's another way you can do remote care and now you can get paid for it. Right, right. So what you're, what you're saying is um, the, the healthcare provider or whoever, your, your, your PT person or whatever, mm-hmm. um, can tell me and tell me if I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but can can note note when you do the exercises and note if you're doing them correctly. I mean, hopefully the the whatever the visual cues are that are making you exercise and do these things are helping you along. But that that to me is fat. Now it's it's also a little bit frightening because when you you know I've had my share of injuries. You go to PT and then you go you know do these exercises. Come back after six weeks and have you been doing the exercises? And you know it's like the dentist asking you if you floss. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, kind of. <laughs> well, if you really want to stay in the regimen and really want to get healthy, then you're going to do this fun virtual reality thing. Then you go to the PT guy and he pulls up your your record of actually doing them. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the- that's right? They pull up your record and you say, well, we can see you did it. This you skipped a day there. Um, or, you know, if you're not such a good patient that you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I think one of the key things that we see now in medicine, in healthcare, is we know how to treat a lot of things, but we need to get people to do the things that are the treatments Mm -hmm. so that they follow along. We've seen it. You see it too in, um, in diabetes. There are a lot of companies coming up now, some of which we've worked with, where the whole idea is how do we get people to eat right and take their medicine? Mm. seems really fundamental, right? But yeah. we know if you take your medicine for diabetes and you eat right, uh, you've got a pretty good chance of being okay and at least staying out of the emergency room and having really bad things happen to you. But it's really hard to get people to do that. Heart conditions, same sort of thing. If we can have remote monitoring that goes on to keep track of people, give them a little bit of coaching, um, they're going to do better. They're going to live better lives. They're going to be happier. Theory. Now, the flip side is, and I can, I can see it in your eyes, it's like, hmm, <laughs> big brother, right? Yeah. And I think that's where I come in, frankly, is one of the things that all my clients want to make sure happens is how do we obey the relevant personal privacy laws? Right, right. And how do we make sure there's the right amount of security? What I've seen in the course of time that I'm practicing in this space is that clients now realize taking care of customer privacy is good for business. Mm-hmm. And so there's a real focus on how, do, how can I be a leader in my industry in privacy? Not Let's not wait for the government to come regulate it. I want to be out in front. I want to be better than I have to be and promote that as a way of telling my customers and potential customers, you should come with me. Right, right. Well, I, I think the, the you know, there are all kinds of possible evils, imaginary horribles, you might call them, 
about a lot of this technology, and some of them maybe are not quite so imaginary. You know, you talk about the the Amazon Echo, the uh, what's her name, Alexa, right? Who's mm-hmm. sitting right next to me, as a matter of fact. And um, quiet down, Alexa. I don't need you right now. See, every time I say her name, she pipes up. Um, so, and she's listening. And this this has already started. And there's going to be, I imagine, laws made or privacy laws that are tweaked and made around these these devices that are always always listening to us because people have already experienced anecdotal or not creepy instances of you know you mentioned something just sitting around your house and the next day on facebook there were ads for the thing that you were talking about and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. seems like a co- seems like quite a coincidence with virtual reality i would i would think it would just fundamentally it would be maybe a better thing because you know if your pt person is looking at your your virtual reality motions that it's not really you it's not a video of you you know maybe it's an avatar mm-hmm. of you which could be restricted to what the exercises you're supposed to do right Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that that definitely can be. But I've been I've been talking to. We have a colleague who's um, uh, new to the firm. She's working out of Palo Alto, and so she's on top of a lot of these trends and spends a lot of time with VR and artificial intelligence. And she says one of the things that you have to realize is when you wear VR goggles, is that your eye movements are tracked. Okay. Right. See where I'm going on this? Oh, so so someone could monitor who or what you were looking at? Who or what you're looking you're at lo- and how long you're looking at it. Okay, but you're looking at a virtual world, though. Right. So, but you stare at whatever it is in that virtual world longer. It's yeah, like, oh, okay. look, the Red Sox. Okay, I see the Red Sox yeah. on my, my screen as opposed to the White Sox. And what shows up in my, in my feed now is it? You know, is it going to be that? Now, that'd be fine with me. I love the Red Sox. Um, But I think that's another area you have to think about is this feedback. Where is it going? How is it being used? Are we making sure that it's all being used for the purposes that people intended to be used for? Right. So there is a, are you familiar with the TV show Black Mirror? I am familiar with it. It's on my list of things to watch. Okay. So there's an episode, no spoilers here. Well, maybe a mild spoiler, but it's sort of necessary for this discussion. It's the premise of this particular episode. So, you know, these these shows, Black Mirror, they're British produced and they are all it's kind of like a modern day Twilight Zone. Each episode is its own kind of mini movie, but they all, for the most part, are about the, the dangers of technology and they all exist in the not too distant future. Okay, so there's a virtual reality one. I'm, I'm forgetting what the episode is called, but uh, Google it, people. Anyway, from the most recent season. And it's about these two um, friends who I think were friends in high school or college maybe, and they've stayed in touch. And then and years later, one of them's married, one of them isn't. And they bump into each other and they start talking about the new virtual reality game. Because I guess they've always been into video games and they played Atari back in the day. But now they're playing this super sophisticated VR. And it, it is, again, I don't know if this technology exists in real life. But there are like, I guess, sensors all over your body. Or basically you can feel everything your avatar feels. And so the two of them, now they live across town from each other. But they can play this game together. Of course, we see that. You know, that, that that's that's easy technology. And they start fighting um, in this virtual world, as you do. It's kind of a Mortal Kombat-style game, and they get to be whatever character they want to be. So one of them sort of comically decides to be uh, a woman and one of them a man. <laughs> and uh, you can um, you can see maybe what I think what I happens. know where you're going well, this is the, This is just the premise. So I'm not going to tell you what happens, but let's just say there is an attraction between the two avatars. Right. And then... So and then they, they all of a sudden all these questions like well is um 
is that real or is that just the way I operate in the virtual world? If, um, it, of, of course, they, they twisted the, the screw to, to delicious heights by making it a man-man thing. So they had to question their sexuality, like, mm-hmm. it, or is it just because I'm dressed up as this female avatar? And then, you know, what if my wife finds out what I'm doing in the virtual world? Is that mm-hmm. the same as the real world? I mean, it's amazing. The yeah. possibilities, right? Yeah, and it's, it's only going to move more into the mainstream. For sure, for sure. It's been slow to be adopted, but once you saw Oculus being purchased by Facebook, you knew what's going to happen. Okay. And so it's going to go mainstream. The question is where and how uh, and what applications. You know, I'm focused on those things where it's a business application, essentially, um, and it's a good business application. There's a lot that can be done with it. I think we're only starting to scratch the surface. And part of the problem would be generational, I think, Mm -hmm the older generation will be very skeptical and not a fast adopter, which is too bad because they're probably the ones who could benefit the most at this point. Mm -hmm. But it, it really does have incredible potential for good. Just as you described too, there's things we got to watch out for That's right. And that's why you need lawyers. Oh, I'm telling you, (laughs) I'm telling you, Colin, there is a whole new raft of, of, I know you'll be ready to deal with the issues as they come up because they're going to be all new issues. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, just to mention a couple of these possibilities, I mentioned concert experiences. You know, I just went to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. I wanted to do that before Billy um, kicks. Uh, he still looks great. What the hell? He's 70. But anyway, um, and it, I probably paid about 200 bucks for the ticket. You know, four of us there, sitting there together. The seats were pretty good. I've tried to be really strategic. Now, if I have paid $12 or $15 for a virtual reality experience being in the front row at Billy Joel, that actually might have been better if it's mm-hmm. sophisticated enough. I mean, it really feels like you're there. And so, and they can sell, they're unlimited. You can only sell so many front row, actual front row tickets. It's only so many people fit there, but there are an infinite number of virtual reality experiences you could, you could sell. It blows my mind. Yeah. Um, and also a little bit sad and depressing. But the other thing, oh, I just remembered why, what I wanted to ask you about healthcare is, is um, do you know if there's any talk of augmented reality? Because so augmented reality, as I understand it, is that Pokemon thing. So in other words, mm-hmm. you're, you're walking around, you know, looking into your phone and you see the real world, but then you see virtual little cartoon characters. Okay. Now, I don't know if anyone's invented this yet, but picture a, 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 v, a set of VR goggles that allows for augmented reality. So somehow you can still see out, um, but you're also seeing things that are there and things that aren't there. And I would think maybe for, for healthcare, I mean, for, I mean, say, you know, you want to, to be treated by the best surgeon in the world, if, um, but the best surgeon in the world is in Germany, but there's a, but there's his colleague is here and his colleague could be wearing these augmented reality and then seeing you see, see where I'm going with this? That, that's actually already happening. It is, okay. That kind of remote surgery is already happening. Yeah. Uh, and, and it makes tons of sense that you should take the skills of the people who are best at what they do and see if you can leverage that in a lot of different ways. Um, it makes total sense, and it's happening you know, right right in Boston. I know, certainly with eye surgery, I know that happens. That kind of ro- It's robotic surgery, but it can be directed remotely and it does happen well that's i didn't mention robotics but that that would go hand in hand with it i take it so you could have uh, the surgeon across the planet um directing the robot to do the correct things oh well they think of next the last thing i want to say about augmented this is what i'm looking forward to because you know we were talking about inspiration for exercising and Mm -hmm. you know making it fun 
you know, um, imagine the day where you could go to an empty basketball court and play basketball with a 1986 Celtics. You could be one on the team. How? Because it's augmented reality. So you Mm -hmm. see the hoops are real, the ball is virtual, and your teammates are virtual. So you're basically running up, you're actually exercising, right? So there's this only could happen, th- right? there's only one problem with that, David. Is you're going to have to wear those really short shorts, <laughs> and, and and that's that is just not a good idea for anybody. I think um, if we can, you know what? You're right. I hadn't thought it through. Yeah, I, you, it through. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I can't, I, I, I can't unsee that now. That's a virtual image that I cannot unsee. Those shorts were painfully short. Oh. Uh, let me take a quick break to remind you of the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Many thanks to our friends at the U.S. Postal Service applied to that usps.com slash careers. I just want to thank our friends at Adori. That's our po- podcast. I, can't, I should be able to say podcast. It's the name of my company. That is our podcast platform, Adori. If you like the bells and whistles, kids, go to the App Store, download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I. It's an anagram for radio. I don't know if that'll help you remember it or not. But your podcast will come to life. You can listen to all kinds of podcasts on this player. It's a lot more user-friendly than others out there. And they'll come to life, meaning you'll see images and links and other fun things. And uh, maybe I'll find some cool virtual reality images to put up there in places you can click through, too. See, this is weird because I'm talking to myself in the future. Like if I say right now, I say, now you're looking at a picture of a cheeseburger. Well, I'm going to – that's probably true. In fact, it is. Look at the cheeseburger, everybody. I haven't put it in there yet, but I'm going to after this. See, it's just uh, technology column. It's everything. All right, so um, it's the holiday season, and um, there is um, always a weird uh, dynamic um, around this time when people are coming in from out of town and things like that. Uh, Saturday Night Live often lampoons that, like they had the a whole like hip hop song about sleeping in your childhood bed when you come home, <laughs> right? And uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird to do that, yeah. Right. And so you've got you've got some some kids coming home, and tell me about the the dynamics there. You're, you're, so are you? Um, they're all they're all liberated from the home now. Your kids, uh, they are. Um, uh, we have not turned their rooms into uh, Airbnbs yet. <laughs> uh, we promised we wouldn't do that for a little while. But yeah, right. both uh, very fortunate. Both have graduated from college and they're employed. Uh, Congratulations. And, yeah, we're very happy about that. And uh, son number one just came back. Home for Christmas. Yep, or yep, the holidays, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I hear the background music. Yes, I, I want to put you in the mood. Go ahead. Here they come. It's a little. Ter- is that Teresa Brewer? Close, Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee. Yeah, oh, right, right. that's right. Yep, yep, uh, yep. I should have known that. That's all right. Um, yeah, but he can't. He just came back last night, which is great. And uh, we had stocked up the fridge with a lot of food, mm-hmm. uh, which is very important. Uh, and it's just great to have him back. I was. I was really. I, I found myself a little surprised, even how excited I was that he'd come back. We hadn't seen him. He moved to Seattle in september and what does he do with that uh he is a uh, computer science engineer for a cybersecurity company <laughs> so that's a very seattle job it is a totally <laughs> seattle yeah. job yeah, yeah so um and is it uh like so my kids are 21 and 17 and so you know with every passing year they turn into more of a real person um and I wonder what it's going to be like when they actually are out in the real world and then I get to see them again. I mean, is it, do you appreciate parenthood more than, because people, because people, when their babies are born, they say, oh, I'm so in love with this little thing. And we as older parents say, mm-hmm. well, you have no idea what's coming. Like there's going to be ups and downs and goods. But to me, 
it kind of it, it does kind of get better every year because they become more to being the fully formed individual that they tell me about that yeah no i think i really enjoy that part of it seeing who they're becoming uh in the different areas that the, they're, they're interested in the um the way they uh, also appreciate the fact that we know things yeah um yeah. and they'll start asking us things mm-hmm. as opposed to before you used to have to sort of you know, say, you know, talk to me. I'm here. Now it's like, oh yeah, you know things. Let me, let me ask you questions. You may know things. And then they sort of build and go from there. It, it, it really is uh, quite satisfying to see them go through that, that next phase of uh, adulting is what yeah. we call it. Okay. And no grandkids yet, right? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other thing. We'll have you back on the show at that moment. Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I mean, I remember when President Obama said, um, oftentimes the two most interesting people at the dinner table are my two daughters, right? Mm-hmm. He has two daughters, right? Two daughters, yeah, that's okay. right. And when he said that, I, I always thought that was, it sounds like pandering and just, but, um, but now I kind of know what he means now because, you know, it's, and the boys are probably better than girls in this regard, but, but there was, I remember a period in my teen, in my teens when I didn't, I just didn't talk to my parents a lot. It wasn't that mm-hmm. I didn't like them. It's just some some kind of like silent pall fell upon me, and because teenage years are tough, and then they so that they come out of the 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 metamorphosis. The what am I trying to say? The caterpillar becomes the butterfly. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the chrysalis and, yeah. and, and all that. Right. No, I mean I think it's you ask anybody if they want to go back and relive high school, and most people say uh, no, that's yeah. okay. I'll take a pass. Exactly. And and you know you eventually come to a place where you you come to grips with all of that and say all right, yep. Uh, I get it, but now I'm a little more comfortable with who I am, and it's fun to see anybody get more comfortable. But especially as as your kids grow into more of of who they are, um, and you like who they are, and right? I, and I'll, I'll put in a shameless plug for them. I like who they are. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah, the parenthood thing. Go do it, people. Have more kids. It's great. Just um, you know, know that there's going to be a lot of poop involved. A lot of poop. You yeah, got to. Yeah. You got to make peace with that in the early going. Yeah. Easier for you to say that I was in, in, in church on Sunday, there was a family with five that had to be eight and under behind me. And I just looked at my wife and <laughs> went, a lot of Oh, there's no way I'm going back there. And and the kids were actually really good, but they were still, you know, that was, that was a lot of kid. Yeah. I, there. Uh, yeah. I don't know how people do it. You know, the joke is once you have more than two, you go to zone defense and you just try to contain them, you know, but um, God, what chaos that must be but hopefully a lovable chaos well colin is kind enough to give us a recommendation on a on a book that he says is awesome so that that will be this installment of the segment that we like to call good stuff that's the good stuff all right then this is kind of like the topic of this book is the other end of the spectrum you get your kids and then you got your parents right Mm-hmm. And so tell us about the book. Did I get the book right, Colin? I you, think that's you did. Right. You, okay. you got the right book. It's okay. it's called Can't We Talk About Something More Pleasant by Roz Chast, who is a cartoonist by trade in the, okay. in the New Yorker. And I'm not a big New Yorker reader, so I had no idea who this woman was until I went to um, 
the annual Health Law Advocates Breakfast. It's a big breakfast here in town. I think you know about it. For I used to go every year. I don't know. I, I don't remember why I stopped going. But yeah, they used to have big speakers like Michael Moore spoke one year. Al Franken spoke one year. Yeah. And it's the, the idea is that basically the healthcare lawyers in Boston get together to support this cause. And the cause is Health Law Advocates. And it's just what it sounds like. It, it's an organization that advocates for people who are trying to access the healthcare system and having challenges in doing that. And it's a very hard system for a lot of people to get into. So in order to get people to come at seven o'clock in the morning, they always promise a good speaker. Yeah, they do. And so I'm, I was there having, uh, having my bagel and cream cheese and, and up comes, comes Ross Chast, who I'd never heard of. Mm. And she starts going through this book, which is a memoir of dealing with aging parents. And it's something that, you know, I think a lot of us now start to go through uh, and I've been through it, and I just kept thinking, she has just got this spot on. She's nailing it. She's nailing it entirely, and she's not afraid to talk about the stuff that's a little dark. Right. Okay. And so it's not just satire. It's um, there are there are messages and and common and themes that we'll yeah. recognize weaving through it. Right. I mean, the first part is it, it just in the title of the book, which is you try <laughs> to have that conversation. Yeah. Nobody really wants to have that conversation. So I take it the, is the conversation you're talking about talking about like what's going to happen as they right. age. Right. What they, do you want yeah, to have happen when to you, you die? Yeah. Uh, or you know, as you get sick, and, and I've been oh, fortunate right, right. Uh, my, my, because I'm a lawyer. I'm good at these kind of conversations. Sure. But for people who aren't, or even just, I mean, even if you are a lawyer, it's a hard conversation to have. Mm-hmm. It's important to have, um, and and it was I enjoyed the fact that you know her parents it, both both she and her parents really didn't want to have this conversation but they all felt like they kind of should but when they all didn't really do it they all felt better yeah about not having it. and she goes on um you can just i mean the title yeah. of the book is perfect because you can picture an elderly woman uh, can't okay. uh, can we have to talk about this now can we talk about right. something more right well, you got it they're, and they're in brooklyn oh okay so, you, so i wasn't far and, off yeah. and, and and the family is jewish so if you okay. if you could do a brooklyn jewish accent that would fit i'm not going to okay. try it here I'm not going to try it again either. Yeah. I kind of, it was kind of a little bit in there, but anyway, um, right. So. But, but then it goes on and then not just, you know, it includes her perspective and inevitably as a child, you feel like, all right, am I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing here now that the roles are starting to reverse a little bit? I'm becoming a caregiver. Am I, am I doing this right? Am I doing enough of it? Am I doing too much? Yeah. What are the boundaries? And there's no guide for it. And it was great to know in, from her perspective that everybody is struggling with this Mm -hmm. and that to me is good. And it's a, I think it's a good read because it is entertaining. Um, and yet, you know, it's, I don't know that I'd exactly pass it off to my parents, but I would pass it on to my peers Mm -hmm. and say, look, it's, you know, it's okay that you feel these feelings of inadequacy as you're dealing with things, because these are really hard things to deal with. These are the hardest things you're ever going to have to do. These are ultimately coming down to life and death kinds of decisions. Right. Um, and so it was great to see her, you know, try to deal with these. And her father started to get dementia and my mom passed away a little over a year ago and had dementia. And it was like, yes, this is exactly it. Yep. Um, and, you know, I have, you know, such an increased appreciation for, uh, the caregivers involved. And that was another part of it. You know, really somehow she and her family had happened upon just tremendous caregivers. And we had the same thing, which took 
some of that weight mm-hmm. off of you. And they, and they bore it and they bore it voluntarily and they bore it for really low wages. And it just, it was really something that was really meaningful to me. What a difference these people made in, in her family's life, in my family's life. And, you know, I just think about that and say, you know, we, we need to do more for the people who are in that kind of position because they're so important. Yeah. Uh, and so there was just a lot, a lot of meaning to the book. And you've got, to me, it's, it's something that's coming. So my parents are in the seventies. My dad just had, uh, uh, a few months ago, quadruple bypass surgery, and he's he's doing great. I mean, you, we've talked about technology and healthcare. I was amazed at how, I mean, he's the one who had the surgery, not me, but <laughs> but he was back up on his feet in in fairly short order. And um, but this this the the conversation that the this Brooklyn family doesn't want to have. I wonder if it's even more enhanced for our generation and the older generation the 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 like you know my dad born early mom and dad born early 40s my dad from um you know eastern european parents who you know moved from poland to the united states um sort of kind of to get out of there before hitler did his his worst and yet never talked to their son my dad about the holocaust not once not one conversation and so that that generation passed on a little bit of this kind of we, we don't talk about those things my mom happens to happen to be raised irish catholic and and i don't know if it's just that generation of irish catholic people but it's kind of a thing that weaves through them is we don't talk about it matt damon said in one of his movies to his love interest you know i'm irish i'll take something to my grave so if there's anything wrong you're going to have to be the one to say it you know yeah. um so just so, just, just, so, and such, and a thing that someone that, that I know, I'm, it's coming soon. I'm going to have to help. But even, you know, as my dad went to the surgery, my mom almost had this attitude like, well, I was like, why didn't you call me like, you know, two days ago when the first thing started? And it's like, I didn't want to bother you. It's like, what? You know, there's a lot of that, yeah, right? There's, there's absolutely a lot. And that, that generation, and it comes through here, it's a tough, there, there are, a bunch of really tough folks. I mean, yeah, they proud. They're yeah. proud yeah. and they're strong. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm going to do it myself. And they have they have a lot of pride there. And it's it, I think that's something to be respected. Um, uh, on, on the other hand, it was great. I thought the way the way that uh, Ross Chess noticed that something was happening with her parents. She said, she said it was the grime in the in their apartment the actual the actual crime, crime. Yeah. like oh. it, and it's sort of it's a little like you know boiling the frog yep when you see things every day you don't notice the difference right and all of a sudden you go in and go oh something's different now this i hadn't yep. noticed this before so she, the the parents weren't tending to things that they normally right. would things, have cleaning things up were and, starting yeah. to, to slip right um and you know, i think that it's a great observation that she made. And again, there's actually, it's good stuff in there. You got to read this book because there's also stuff about not hearing about the older generations. And I won't, I won't, I won't give it all away, yeah, but there's a surprise ending there. Really? There is. And it's a, it's a very, a very you know, heartwarming uh, surprise ending. Do we all get on a spaceship when we die and go to a happy place? No, that's uh, that's, that's cocoon. I think. <laughs> We'll never, we'll never get old and we'll never right. die. I, I, science, I, I'm not Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Do you know when he was in that movie, he was 50 years old? It's no he, joke. It's he, amazing. He was born 60 years old. <laughs> 
Him and George Burns, for sure. Well, we're up against the clock, unfortunately. But uh, Colin Zick, I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. Don't forget, uh, if you want to get in touch with Colin and learn about his law firm, it's fullyhoag.com. Any other contact info you want to give out? Uh, you can email me, czick at fullyhoag.com, czick at fullyhoag.com. And you can read our, bro- our blog, securityprivacyandthelaw.com. And please do those things. By the way, you and I have to stick together. We're both alphabetically challenged. You know, you're, you're the, the, the burden we went through as kids when lining up alphabetically. The Ys have it great compared to the Zs. <laughs> <laughs> well, on behalf of my favorite Z, Colin Zick, uh, my name is Dave. And I want to thank our sponsors, uh, <clears throat> United States Postal Service. Again, it's USPS.com slash careers. And our friends at Adori download the Adori app. Please share this podcast with a friend. If you're interested in doing your own podcast, find us, pod617.com. We have studios in Westwood. You could be here hanging with us and becoming the next big podcast star. Once again, on behalf of Colin Zick, my name is Dave, just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.